0: hello and welcome to the artistry i am your host canary t robots uh, I have a special guest. Again, he his, goes by Dead Pallet. Uh, you may know him as uh, the de facto co-host on Midnight Marinara, um, but he goes by a real name. Dead Palette. His mom was not cruel. He, she, he, she did not name him Dead Pallet. Uh, why don't you take it from here?
1: Uh, hello, my name is Brandon Patrick. I also go by the name Dead Palette. I'm really fine with being called either. Um, and I'm an artist, allegedly.
0: What do you mean allegedly? Like, uh, what type of artwork do you do?
1: I do a little bit of everything. I, I started off going to uh, a, a, um, a high school program where I did art half the day. And then I would just do normal school stuff. And I essentially learned how to be a visual artist doing painting and drawing and photography and that kind of stuff. And then in college, I went to the Columbus College of Art and Design, where I majored in uh, painting and printmaking. And uh, while I was doing that, I started to see that the fine art world didn't have a whole lot of understanding of interactive art. And didn't have a whole lot of understanding of horror. And so that kind of became my focus and my niche. And I tried to bring uh, new horror and realist horror and uh, creepypasta and and that kind of stuff to the fine art realm. And for the past three years now, I've been making YouTube videos where I post my stories. So that's that's basically my rundown.
0: Actually, that's... Kind of cool. So wait, you started off at an art high school. Did, did you apply for that or how that, I mean...
1: Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm. it's a place called Fort Hayes and it used to be a military base uh, during the Civil War and I, I used to go to this really cool um, building called the Shot Tower and if you don't know what a Shot Tower is, it's a building so tall that uh, people would go, uh, soldiers would go up to the top of it with a giant... Um, molten lead thing and they would just pour molten lead off the side and by the time it would hit the ground it would cool into a perfect ball to be shot out of a musket and so and so that's that's the kind of building old old school building that i was uh, learning art in and i applied for that and so this two years of my life half my day was just digging around making art
0: did you always know knew you wanted to be an artist, or when did you... No.
1: Your... Oh, my God, no. I I never... I always saw, um, you know, really nice paintings in elementary school, like, hung up on the wall from, like, Leonardo da Vinci and, like, you know, The Starry Night from uh, oh. Van Gogh, and I would compare myself to that as, like... Oh, God, A, a six-year-old and be like, well, I guess I'm never going to be an artist. And uh so I've always kind of come at art from this outsider perspective, oddly enough. And that has like helped me out because I believe that if you're trying to ride off talent, then you're you're not going to be very successful. You really have to wanna do something. Uh and and talent isn't very helpful. You you're really going to go farther by having work ethic and like having a desire to be something. And when I kind of realized that I started way worse than my peers in, in terms of what kind of art skill I had. And then I just decimated my colleagues by, you know, the end of, uh, college. They were just, they, they got lazy and they thought that their talent would carry them. And it really didn't.
0: (laughs) So, and, so really, it's um, talent. is isn't all. Not everything's dependent on talent. There is you have to put in the effort in order to make it.
1: Yeah, and talent can't hurt, won't hurt you if you understand that it's just starting. It's just like, it's like um, when you're building a character in an RPG. Your starting build <laughs> doesn't tell you where you're going to go. You can go anywhere, but your starting build is just an indication. And so you can't rest on your laurels, I don't think.
0: Um, There was a phrase my mom used to say. It's called uh, that talent is basically a foundation or a base. Alone, it can only go so far. But if you practice and get more better at it, you can actually become a professional. Mm -hmm. But talent alone is just a foundation. That's all, all it is.
1: There's a there's an artist I like called John Balthasari, and he has this uh, quote saying talent is cheap. And I think that that's a good way to put it. It's just it's not going to last you. <laughs> you really got to put in the work.
0: Agreed. Now and obviously you have I mean you went to you, you went to art school for both high school and college. Would you recommend that for any artists or I mean it, it do you
1: um, think it's needed or it uh, benefit it benefited me i I don't know how much it's going to benefit other people uh i I've seen that now that I've graduated a lot of the people I went to school with don't have the drive to keep going now that they don't have a class structure, and I've always kind of been self motivated more than that, and I've always been really uh a a lot more (laughs) I I can set out a list of things that I need to do and I I probably tell myself to do too much that way I get enough done and I don't think that I think that sometimes going to school can kind of tell you that oh this is preparing you for the real world but there's no class structure in the real world you have to be self-motivated if you're an artist
0: absolutely now what do you mean by self-motivated like um, what are things that you do to uh, outside of just basically drawing or artwork. Well,
1: n- nowadays I'm spending a lot more of my time just writing for the whole YouTube thing, and I'm, I've always kind of seen myself more of a as a writer than a visual artist. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. So I, I've just had that predisposition of writing, and I I fought tooth and nail to try and get skills and and the visual arts. Cause I always admired those things more. I'd always, I'd always like admire, admire the art that went into making video games and to making, uh, comic books and stuff like that. Cause that seemed so unattainable, but writing seemed really obtainable. And I'm like, well, if I got this talent in, in writing and that's easier to me, then I better spend time trying to be a visual artist. So, uh, now that I'm actually starting to grow my audience on YouTube, I've been focusing on that and really trying to show them some stories that they they might not know that they'd like and and try and surprise them and <laughs> and offer them things that they didn't necessarily know that horror could do. Or, Can you give or, some examples? Trying to shoot for an example. Let's see. Um... So recently, I wrote a story called Snare as part of this giant overarching thing I'm doing called Yuki, which is uh, a somewhat interactive ongoing story or collection of stories uh, where people can kind of change the outcome uh, depending on how they interact with it. So the, the story Snare is written from a a very deep character perspective of an Oklahoman man who has been displaced and and lives in a big city now, and he doesn't like living in the big city. And he's trying to come to terms with all of these strange things around him that he sees in the city, because city life is so foreign to so many people. And I'm trying to show how someone like that would integrate into uh, that kind of society and what kind of mates they would find. And I tried to ambush people with sexual content that they didn't know that they wanted. Um, So you kind of go into it thinking that's going to be a horror story and it kind of ends up being a sexual one. And I, I like ambushing people in that way.
0: Yeah, I I've listened to Snare and that definitely ambushed me. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I I do I do have another question. I mean, what is the process like to uh, in like your daily life for making a video? Like, what are things that you do, or how do you get it set up?
1: Uh, I start off by playing Team Fortress Two, <laughs> and then I don't get anything done. Um,
0: Oh, that's it. Good night, everybody.
1: Yes um, so the workflow used to be a lot different. It used to be I'd write a story I'd post it up uh with very minor visuals and now that I've tried to like really incorporate more visuals into the into the mix, uh a lot of time goes into getting footage uh that I know that I need for a story and then also getting. Um, just extra footage if it's someplace interesting that I haven't been before. So the workflow is kind of back and forth of like either starting off with the story or starting off with visuals and then trying to fit a story into those visuals. Uh, so there's, there's no real workflow that I have. I just kind of am a, am a mess when I'm making art. I just kind of whatever is a good impetus to start a story that's what I'll go with, whether it's the visuals or the the story itself first, having an idea.
0: And I, I have another question. Now, you said uh, you've been trained in visual art. Is that also include um, drawing? I mean, I, I figure it includes drawing and such, but does that also include film filming as well? Or
1: I didn't go to school for filming. I went I, I did take classes in photography. And oh,
0: yeah, that's right.
1: I, I don't want to sound egotistical, but I'm going to sound egotistical. Um, Go for it. Uh, I went to Columbus College of Art and Design, and there, I I, I didn't naturally have a desire to be a photographer, and I, I I struggled with those classes at first. But then, when they saw that I had good fundamentals, the the photography professors. They were like, "Hey, maybe you should be a photography major." And I started to realize that the photography yeah. teachers hated all of their students because <laughs> the, we're ta- we're talking about like the Instagram age and people who are are very self-absorbed in in their photography and don't want to learn certain fundamentals of photography. And so, I I saw that, man, maybe I can actually have some some talent at this as well and so I've been trying to develop that talent and not let it rest and be good enough to where I can do you know boring wedding photos but also be well equipped to do something weird and experimental and if I can do the the good classical wedding photos then the experimental stuff is going to be a lot easier if well, I have those of- traditions down packed you know
0: yeah. What kind of camera do you use?
1: Uh, I, I usually use a Rebel for for uh, taking photo- for doing photography. Um, I know that that's, that's not as good if you're trying to do large format. And by large format, I mean like multiple feet printouts and stuff. But I'm mostly doing stuff just for digital and for small smaller images. So that doesn't really that that'll suit me just fine. Um,
0: has. and do you use it for filming as well or
1: For filming I use a Sony Vixia. I th- believe is what it's called. Um I've I've as far as filming goes, I've just learned that since I started the whole YouTube thing. But the the foundation of, mm-hmm. you know, composing an image is is it'll carry over from a lot of different disciplines and like the rule of thirds and these sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Do you know about the rule of thirds?
0: I actually do. Um, okay. I, I, I never took a photography class, but um, uh, one of the things <laughs> funny enough, um, I, uh, I got roped into being a photographer for um, one of my office jobs in high, in college and then not only that i uh suddenly got hired to be a uh concert photographer and it's like and i, I don't know why I, they did that i basically they must have thought i knew how to take a good picture or something so i just had to, i was like okay i gotta brush up on this so i can do a good job <laughs> uh,
1: a lot of the times when people are hiring, hiring photographers they don't really know what they want and they can't tell a good photographer from a bad photographer, usually until it's too late. Um, but in my experience, I've I've noticed that a lot of the people who uh, go into photography become very disgruntled later in life. <laughs> it's re- it's really funny because they're like, I was going to be an artist. And then they, they end up just doing wedding photography and then they hate themselves and... They're not really geeky about it like I am. Where it's like, oh, I want to learn about cameras and learn about all of this. They they just end up uh, it's a job, and they don't like learn a. Lo- they don't use a lot of the knowledge that they learned, and so they're like unsatisfied.
0: I, I like some of the ideas behind photography, but um, one of the difficult parts is it is a expensive hobby.
1: It is a bit of an expensive hobby, uh, man. What? I. In college, I did not have the money for that kind of stuff, and I just kind of had to mooch off my friends, and luckily, I had a few photography friends who were uh, nice enough to let me borrow their equipment, and uh, enough photography teachers who liked me that would, you know, lend me stuff, but man, that is, it's hard to get your foot in the door with the nice stuff and to understand and appreciate why shooting with a nicer camera is, is worthwhile
0: Oh, yeah. Because
1: immediately you're not going to know, but other people will. <laughs> other people will look at your stuff and say, well, that's not very good. But you, you won't understand intuitively because you made it. You'll just be like, I can't see the flaws. You know what I mean? You're you're, you're in the work the whole time, so you have trouble yeah. seeing the flaws, whereas other people will point them out even if they don't know.
0: That's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Uh, now, um uh do you get paid for any of your artwork right now or no
1: um occasionally i get paid for my paintings and my attitude on the youtube thing is i, I just don't want to enable ads because i think it ruins the mood that's not for everyone the every people should enable ads for their stuff if that's what they want to do but i tried to set a mood and 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 that's really important to me. For the longest time, I had self-imposed rules for how I would handle the YouTube thing, where I didn't want to break kayfabe. I didn't want to really come out from behind the curtain. I really wanted the stories to be the focus and and the center of attention. And I feel like if you're going to be on that strange part of the internet where you have those kinds of weird stories, that ads kind of just ruin the mood. I I thus far haven't opened up a Patreon because I really want to get a stronger foothold before I do that.
0: Mm-hmm. But
1: uh, eventually, I'm going to do that. I've also made the decision to not put um, any kind of bumpers at the end of my videos that I, can serious, that I consider serious works of art. I don't want it to be like, and in that day, my innocent died. My innocence died. Please give me money through Patreon. That that just kind of like ruins it to me, and I I just can't abide by that.
0: No, I can understand that. You you see your videos as art, just as... and it's it, you don't put like a price tag on like your painting. I mean, you put it next to it.
1: Yeah, that's. <laughs> I mean, I,
0: <laughs> could you imagine when someone writing at the edge of a painting? If you want to. Come.
1: Uh, Yeah, it would just be ridiculous. And, you know, that's that's one thing I found in trying to become more popular on YouTube is there are a lot of people that will sell you a bill of goods on how to do stuff. And it's all about following certain rules. And I just don't want to follow any of those rules. And I've seen people try and follow these rules on how YouTube's algorithms work and a lot of the times they fail a lot of it is dumb luck and all of it will compromise your artistic integrity and so out of curiosity and trying to better my channel and get more people and I've like looked up videos on how to get subscribers and views and and how to make money on YouTube and all of this stuff and I see a lot of the times the people who do that either one who are giving advice either one aren't very successful themselves or um, they're very much so doing very inane, annoying content, very clickbaity content. Um, and you get a whole lot of people in the comments saying, if you look at my videos, I'll subscribe to your videos, and then and all of these kinds of things. Uh, yeah. And, and people, I mean, it's perfectly okay to work with other people and do that, you know, network and all that kind of stuff. But then you get these really self-promoting assholes and I guess some people can't spot them, but I can spot them a mile away. Maybe that's just me, but it's it's very clear that like there are certain people out there that are very interested in self-promotion and they're like, if we're will this network and they're just trying to like kind of leech off other people's views and I I would advise people against that whole culture. And and it's great, too, because now you're starting to see people having this little awakening that this is going on and that YouTube's algorithm system is creating a lot of monsters. Um, You see, like, recently Markiplier made a video about this. And I've never watched him ever, but, like, someone told me, hey, look at this video. And I was just amazed. It's like, oh, he's starting to realize that the whole like shouting at video games thing has created a lot of really annoying people <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and so you're starting to see people have that wake up. And I would say for me, I just can't get involved in that rat race kind of thing. I really just want to make artwork that people don't know that they want. And so if that means that I have slower growth, that's fine. Cause at least the people who will stay around and continue to watch my content will be people that I want to watch my content. And they're probably going to be more devoted fans regardless. So that's my spiel on YouTube at the moment. <laughs>
0: um, actually, I wanted to move from YouTube to your actual artwork, like painting and such. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I This is actually for people who want to become painters and art, that those type of artists. Uh, do you? How do you sell your artwork, or um, how does? What's that lifestyle like? Like, do you, do you put on art shows? I, I'm trying to figure out where to begin here.
1: Yeah, so I I, I I make two major kinds of art in terms of visuals. I make artwork that I consider to be designed for the gallery. That is designed to be shown. That is designed to be really cutting edge, and even though that stuff is designed for the gallery, it's much harder to get put into a gallery. Uh, it's really hard to sell your ideas to people who are in charge of galleries and, and the people that you need to really suck up to. And that culture has its own weird toxicness. But a painting, just a simple painting, is going to be a lot more consumable for people. Even if it's my kind of painting, where it's a very guttural and you have these very stark silhouettes and it's very touchy subject matter that's going to be a lot more palatable for galleries to hang up than it will be for a piece of art that is designed not to be sold and that is uh designed more around that's that's more conceptual and conceptual kind of has is a divisive term in, in many ways but um I think that's the best way to describe what it is I'm talking about. So paintings that are just, you know, traditional paintings that you can just take off the gallery wall and, and hang in your house. Those are a lot easier to sell to galleries, to, to, to get put into galleries than uh, something that's more complicated, even though it's more suited for a gallery. And as far as selling artwork, it's it's a harder thing for someone like me who is making this kind of uh, very dark and, and horror-based work. Um, a, a lot of it is really being respectful and kind to the people who are purchasing your art, and uh, like the last painting I sold, I I was really choked up about it because the guy who um, purchased it said that it helped him get over his post-traumatic stress disorder and I'm just like...
0: Oh, wow!
1: Whoa, I can't even, like, deal with a compliment that big, you know? And uh, you know, the, the fact that he was, you know, really interested in that artwork and then he just, like, posted up pictures of it when he had it framed up in his house and everything. And so... Even though I don't sell a whole lot of art, I have to use moments like that to, like, tell me that I'm doing the right thing and that there is a market for this kind of stuff. Um, A lot of uh, something that a lot of people tend to do is to have two different artist names and make very um, pleasant, very soft kind of like Bob Ross kind of paintings and sell those separately or do portraiture and have that be a separate business from being an artist-artist. And I know that's mm-hmm. kind of like a pretentious thing to say, like an artist-artist, but like an artist where, where you're trying to do self-expression, where you're trying to... Do the to stuff that you your...
0: really want to do, rather than... Exactly.
1: Exactly. And uh, I, I got to feel that... Uh, the, this This is a weird aside, but I think it might be interesting, is I really like YouTube poop. I really like videos <laughs> where people take... Uh, sample videos and then mix them and do funny things with them on YouTube. And when you look at those, a lot of the ones that I really like take a lot of work and a lot of effort. And I just have to imagine that those people go and do a boring day job where they edit some reality show and then come home and then make my little pony character say lewd things. (laughs) (laughs) And so I, I guess it's about balancing the the kind of artwork that'll make other people happy with the stuff that makes you happy
0: mm-hmm. and uh, now i i want also want to ask this question um what's the process for selling a painting like how how does one go about that
1: um in person it's been uh more difficult for me i've ha- i've had some pretty good success online where i'm selling these paintings and, and you gotta like when you're online, you got to do the whole SEO thing, where you're, you know, really trying to find as many words as you can to describe your artwork, and it's really demoralizing. Where it's like, just okay. look at it, but people aren't going to just look at it. You have to make it searchable, something that people can find. Do you and create so, a
0: website or a portfolio, or how do how do people?
1: I mean, I have a website and I have a portfolio, and I try to find. and, and in terms of real life. I tried to find as many places as possible where I can tastefully advertise myself. Um, So, uh, you know, when you're just getting in conversations with people, I have business cards that I give to people and I think that my business cards make a real big impression. Um, They kind of have my, they have my whole uh, YouTube avatar thing on it and it shows a little bit of everything. And I found that when you have that person to person interaction, Their most and and you really try and give them information about yourself without really making it seem like you're selling yourself. People are going to be more willing to look into you and then possibly invest in you. So, don't come at it from a very cynical perspective. I would say, Mm -hmm. Um, even even if it makes you feel cynical, you have to kind of treat it like you're not going to sell a painting or sell a piece of art, you have to treat it like you're talking to someone and they're giving you an opportunity to just talk about the stuff that it is that you like to make. And I found that that is more successful of, of just right. treating it like another person instead of a wallet.
0: That's a good way to look at it. I, someone always told me, it's like, don't ever think of it as networking or whatever. Think of it as um, trying to make a friend or get to know somebody.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I just don't. And in, in terms of art and stuff, I just don't fucking. Are we cursing on this?
0: You, I mean you can if you want to, but
1: I just don't associate with people that are that I don't like that I that aren't uh, worth talking to. Because uh, I'm not going to sell my paintings to them anyway. It, it's just really annoying, and you're not being art uh, honest with yourself. Um, I found that a lot of the people that I went to school with had this idea that the the best way to get rich and famous is just is the just fool stupid old people. And so they would make really generic, you know, splatter paint, you know, too deep for me kind of stuff in hopes that an old person would buy it to make the old person feel smart about themselves. And those people are just so unsuccessful and I like see them on Facebook and I'm just like, yeah, you're not doing anything. And even when I'm not consistently selling, even though I I do enough, um, (laughs) I'm, I'm making moves and these people aren't making moves. They're not really being honest with themselves. And now they've Mm -hmm. tailored their whole thing, their, their whole art, uh, you know, their direction and their portfolio, around something that isn't honest with themselves, where they're not really trying to um, make themselves or someone else happy. They're just coming at it from that very cynical perspective of stupid old people with a lot of money will buy splatter paint paintings. Mm -hmm. And, and they've just really screwed the pooch by doing that. And I, I saw a lot of people getting very like critiques in art school are hilarious if you have thick skin. And I do, from, from the high school experience, I, do, I learned about critiques there, and the teacher was very upfront of like saying, look, you guys are gonna get your feelings hurt at some point. And I did quite a few times, and I built up that thick skin, so by the time I got to college, all these other people didn't know how to handle critiques properly. And so they would take everything extremely personally. And throughout college, there was nothing anyone ever said at an artist table that would hurt my feelings. But um, I hurt a lot of people's feelings by being honest with them and trying to help them see what it is that they're doing with their art. And, you know, I would ask them, what, what are you trying to accomplish here? And they would say something that is is very different from what their art was presenting. And uh, so they, they would get upset about it and they would try and purposely hurt my feelings, not to help me, but to hurt my feelings. And I'd be like, that's not <laughs> that's not going to help me, and it doesn't hurt my feelings, so I don't know what you're accomplishing. And come the senior year, it, it, it dawned on a lot of them that they really wasted four years of their lives trying to um, convince the world that their art meant this and their art meant that. Instead of trying to improve their art to really mean what they were attempting it to mean, whatever their goal was, whether it was expressive or political or whatever it was, they really miss that opportunity and so i would say if you are going to art college you have to ask yourself what your goals are getting out of it and make sure that all the things you're doing are, are furthering you towards that goal i know that i needed art college to uh, develop those visual skills because i just didn't have them and i knew that you know, I met enough professors there at, the, at this college to know, yeah, these people can really help me out and teach me some things and I can get valuable knowledge. So I guess in terms of that, you you really got to know whether art college is going to benefit you, whether you're going to get something out of four years of talking to these professors and that kind of stuff.
0: Jeez, you just answered three of my questions at once. <laughs> that one <laughs> answer. Uh, I guess, uh, um, what are your plans from here, like in terms of your artwork and whatnot, and your your video channel as well?
1: Uh, so the thing that I'm doing right now with Yuki, I'm, I'm really excited about. I'm really enjoying doing this erotic horror-based overarching story where I'm taking stories that I've written over, you know, four or five years and kind of combining them and having them laced together with an overarching narrative And uh, the the whole purpose of doing this is to try and get some interactivity into it where um, certain variables will change depending on what people do. And so they have to ask themselves some ethical questions about certain characters where um, there are these monsters called Yuki's that prey on people sexually. And I don't want to get too far into um, the mechanics of the story because people are still trying to figure certain things out. Um, but essentially giving attention to these monsters and, and letting people die will kill off the monsters. So do you want to try and curb the, the death that can come by sort of sacrificing people? Or do you want to stand by and do nothing and kind of positioning people to, to, make that decision for themselves and the viewers to figure these things out i don't have you know a a giant viewer base but the people who are watching are very engaged and very interested in what's happening and trying to piece together parts as a community and i find that extremely interesting um and that's kind of what i tried to bring to the world of fine art because i think it's really strange that that they claim to be on the cutting edge, and they and they have such a lack of knowledge about this kind of stuff. And so I want to impart with them that kind of information and, and that kind of stuff. So a show I'm working on right now is called Swimming Coyote, and it's about um, real-life arson that is happening in Chillicothe, Ohio, um, where I'm from. And oh. I've taken real-life articles and news clippings and um, forum discussions that that are happening on websites like Topic and about and around Chillicothe. And I'm mixing them in with fictional stories that I've written and trying to build a conspiracy theorist panel of information. And when I mentioned earlier that the more conceptual stuff is harder to sell, this stuff um, that you or anyone who plays video games or has been on the internet for any amount of time, um, or, or anyone who's like into investigation and research and this kind of stuff, they understand it. They get it immediately. They're trying to sell this stuff to very old, set-in-their-ways gallery people. They just can't wrap their heads around it. And so a lot of the feedback I've gotten for the show that I'm shopping around, they're just like, I don't. Get it, and they're and they're asking me really fundamental questions that anyone with ten minutes with a piece of art, like like yourself, could very easily put together what's going on and get a gist of w- what it is. And I think that I'm making it very obvious, but they they just can't wrap their heads around it. So that's that right now is my biggest struggle as an artist is trying to get that show shown and and get this older demographic to understand what it is that. Is, is interesting about these alternate reality game kind of things and what's interesting about uh, you know, video games where you have this interactive nature and you have to piece stuff together. So that's that's what I'm doing right now.
0: That's good to hear. Well, um, I, I gotta wrap it up soon, so any last minute advice you'd like to give people?
1: Um, if you're trying to make and and I know this is more for artists in general, but if your subject matter is creepy, don't tell people to be creeped out. Let them feel creeped out themselves.
0: <laughs> that's good to know. Um and then also uh plug time. When can where can we find you?
1: <laughs> uh, the internet dot com. Um that's <laughs> uh sh-
0: you want me to just put your information in the in the comments or the reading part?
1: Um, yeah, I would I would say look up Yuki. Yuki has a nice um, playlist on my YouTube channel that is really uh, designed for people to get interested to get people into that. And there is an introductory video that explains stuff out pretty. Uh, succinctly, that way there, there's no confusion about what it is that I'm trying to attempt, and uh, yeah, so if you sound, if you're interested in any of the stuff that I've talked about in terms of visual, uh, in terms of audio-visual stuff, just look up a video called Welcome to Yuki, and that should explain everything, hopefully, enough. Yeah.
0: Thanks. Alright, well... Thank you for being on the show. It's been awesome.
1: (laughs) This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at benviewnetwork.com.